What do you need to entrust to your Heavenly Father? What do you need to trust to your Heavenly Father? The thing is, is so many times the hearts of God's people are divided. We have our trust in many other things other than having it firmly anchored in the Lord alone. And I want to suggest that you always put your trust in Him. Father, I entrust. I'm going to trust you with my life. I'm going through this dark period right now. I don't know which way I'm going. I don't know which way is up. I don't know where I'm going to be in the next five days, much less five months. But I'm going to entrust my spirit into your care. Some of us here today, we are facing circumstances and troubles that are so big, we need to go to God and say, God, I can't do this. This is beyond measure. This is above my strength. My trust is not in myself. It's in you alone. When it gets to be too much, I trust God. And beloved, those three words will pull you through some mighty bad storms in life. They'll allow you to look at diagnosis and forecasts and trouble and know that God is still worthy to be trusted. I trust God. You may not know exactly what to do right now. You may not understand what course of action would be best for you to take. But friend, don't despair. God is going to help you. You see, the fight's not over if you've been knocked down. It's only over if you quit. And you don't have to quit. Uh, Maybe the devil has knocked you down. Maybe you've taken a knockdown concerning your finances lately. You're laying on the mat gasping and you don't know what you're going to do. You're a bit perplexed. Maybe it's with your kids. Maybe with your marriage. Maybe with your health. Maybe some other arena of life. Maybe you received some news recently that just sort of knocked the wind out of you. You didn't see it coming. And you feel like you've been knocked down. Well, you know, Paul said that he faced trouble on every side. There were times when he didn't know what to do. And he said there were times that we have been struck down. We have been knocked to the ground. He said, but we're not destroyed. God's not through with you, my friend. The last chapter of your story has not been written. Don't quit on God. Don't quit on His goodness. Corey Tin Boom said, we need to believe that God is good even though life sometimes throws you reasons to think that He's not. And that was from a woman that spent many years in a German prison camp. Friend, He is a good God. A time when all your theology will go upside down. There's going to come a time when you won't understand where God is. You're going to be in such darkness, you won't see your hand in front of your face. You know what you do then? Isaiah said, just stay upon your God. Trust Him. Trust Him. When should you trust God? Two times you should trust God. You should trust God. In the good days, 
and you should trust God in the bad days. God is worthy of your trust in every situation. We need God in all of our ways. I want to stop at there. It gets a little bit long and for sake of time. But did you hear what he said? Hmm. I listened to that this afternoon, and uh, it's like it just pierced my soul. Trust God. I don't know how many of you are facing things in life that's uh, out of your control, and that it just feels like that the world has come down on you. But you know what? You know what? who the enemy hates and who he cannot overcome? And who he can't seem to figure out uh, how to be able to, to get down onto his level is a saint that's come to believe God for who he is. Amen. No matter what it looks like, sounds like all around you. To come to that place to where you believe even in the storm that God is good. Guys, this is a core foundation of recovery. This is a foundational truth in God's Word and our relationship with Jesus Christ that as we're coming out and we're going through the process of sanctification and the Lord is breaking strongholds off from our life, whether it be addiction to drugs and alcohol, whether it be sexual addictions and pornographies, whether it be anger issues, uh, whether it be bitterness, resentment issues, whatever that it may be that God is leading you out of in this moment. The one thing that the enemy never wants you to get a grasp on and understand in God's Word is how to become and to be used as a weapon in the hand of God, as a vessel of praise. He never wants you to come to the place to where you can fully trust and humble yourself before God in all situations. I see, that's one of the biggest obstacles that we face in recovery, in any recovery ministry, as we are walking and we're coming out of bondages that we were once found ourselves caught in, is many people start out on a good path. Many people that come into recovery, men and women all around the world, they start out in a good place. And then it seems over time, how many times you hear you can go to any AA, NA meeting, celebrate recovery meeting in town, and what you're going to hear is one relapse after relapse after relapse. The point people come in and they get coins, and they come into AA, NA meetings, and uh, they'll be getting a one month, two months, three months, six months, one year, two years, three years, and then. It seemed like you could hear a lot of testimony of people that's come back and had many years of sobriety and what had appeared to be on the outside freedom, and then they're coming back in grabbing another 30-day chip or one day. God, most gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, you're going to have to help me tonight to put into words what I can't say. That your Holy Spirit, Lord God, would move through this sanctuary tonight, Lord, and through the lips of this vessel, Father, Lord God. To help declare your message, Lord, of freedom and hope, Lord.
to tear down the illusions of the enemy in this place, Lord, that fight and wrestle all around us, Lord. For our attention, the enemy's wrestling in our ears uh, to distract us from the truth of God's word and to distract us, Father, from, from seeking your will in our life, Lord. We face health problems, Lord God. We see things with our physical eyes uh, that's very destructive and negative and seems to be that there's no glimmer of hope in the things that we see all around us, Lord. But Lord, will you break through those walls tonight for just a moment of time, Lord God? Shine your light into the dark places, Lord, those hidden cavities, Father, Lord, that's been shut off to you and that when your light hits those places, Lord, that it would cause a reaction in our lives, Lord God, to stand up, that you would give us strength, Father, Lord, where we are weak, Lord God, and that you would strengthen your people tonight, God, under the sound of my voice, Lord, that your Holy Spirit, Lord, would meet us in this place in such a powerful way, Lord God, that there would be a vessels, Lord, a praise, Lord, rose up, Lord God, from this evening, Lord, that's able to stand the test of time, Lord. Lord, that as we face the trials and circumstances of life as they come against us, Lord, that we'll no longer be captivated by our circumstance, Lord, but that we're being encapsulated in you, God. So, Lord, I just thank you for all that you're doing, all that you are, and all that you're about to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. The majority of my Christian walk and my testimony of the Lord over these past Nine years since God met me and brought me out of a place of addiction has been from a place of anguish. I'll explain that just for a moment. It seems like that you start out on this path of sobriety and it seems like sometimes you you come into a place of worship, you come into the house of the Lord and you, you hear the gospel message for the first time. You submit your life to the Lordship of Jesus Christ and you're truly seeking freedom and you're truly seeking His Word. You're in prayer and meditation, the things of God. You're seeking to establish an atmosphere in your home and around your life that's godly. You're, you're in godly counsel. You're, you're humbling yourself uh, before God and you're allowing men and women of God to be able to speak into your life and God is raising you up and little by little God begins to give strength into those places of your life that you were weak in before that used to cause you to fall whether it be in your marriage dealing with uh dealing with hard situations and in, in, with your wife or your husband and as we learn to be more humble and we learn to be more selfless and we learn to turn more of these things over to God to allow God to pour through our life it just seems like sometimes that as you walk this walk of faith that it's just one blow after another and after a period of time if we're not trained and discipled through the Word of God the right way, we're getting discouraged in those times when the world comes crashing down all around us. And for those that's coming out of addiction, it can be so extreme because your whole life has been spent out of control. 
There's been so many things that you've already had to deal with even before coming to know the Lord and you hear this freedom message and you hear that there's this good God that sits in heaven and has good things in store for your life and wants to bless you and wants to encourage you and wants to give you a hope and a future. And sometimes as we're walking and we're growing in the things of God, it seems like When our focus is on the wrong things, when we start to focus on life other than God, it seems to be like that there's just nothing but torment and trial. Uh, It seems like it's just one thing after another that you walk into. You just overcome this extreme circumstance or situation in your life and then you don't walk very far. You may get blessed enough to get one or two steps on solid ground, and then all of a sudden the earthquake hits and everything in your life is being shaken again. That's going to continue from now to the rest of your life. You say, that don't sound like a very good loving message. But it is when we get into the where we're going to be going tonight in the second part of life's compass. Because you see... As a child of God, our life is no longer controlled by our outside circumstances unless we allow and give lordship of them circumstances over to our life. As a child of God, God has set you free. Right now, John 8.36, who the Son sets free is free indeed. It's on our poster right there on the door. God, all through His Word, He talks about the blessings that He has given God's people, that you have been adopted into the family of God, that you're now an heir of God, that you now are an heir to all the spiritual blessings on high that He wants to pour into His body, that you've been forgiven, that you've been redeemed. Amen. And that, and he goes on and down this list that you're now a weapon. You're a warrior of God. And he goes down to all of these things that he has given us and that he has blessed. You now are a people of hope. You now are a people of future that once had no future and once had no hope. You see, and as we start to go through this life and the more that we walk and the more that we grow and the more that we start to mature in the things of God, the enemy is in the backdrop this whole time. As you overcome one situation in this life, he's trying to figure out another approach to come hit you another way that you're not prepared for, that you hadn't experienced before. And it's always the same attack to get your mind. He wants to get your mind off from the focus of the things of God and who God is. And He wants to get you so focused on the things that's out of your control in this world because we live in a fallen world. Amen. We live in a world that's been riddled with sin. We live in a world that is destined for hell. We live in a world that's fallen, that's broken. And the only way that it can ever be put back together again on this side of eternity is through the presence of Jesus Christ. But as God starts to put us back together in fellowship, whether it's you're in a drug program in ministry, whether it's in your church program, counseling programs that God's put in place of godly men and women uh, that's leading you into the knowledge and into the truth of God's Word, or as we start to as we start to grow in these things more, and God places us in these in these places and around these people. And as God is speaking to us and growing us more into maturity, and I'm losing my train of thought. 
The enemy wants nothing more than to come in in those moments as truth is being given and God is, is raising us up into God's Word. He wants nothing more than to come in and snatch that what God has just placed. And He wants to pluck it out. And He wants to take it far away from our grasp and from our reach until it's something that's not even tangible in our life. Because we've let it go and we've let the presence and the truth of God, we've walked out of God's covering. See, we think it's been taken from us, but actually we walk away from it. And the whole point of this message and the whole, this whole study of life's compass that we're going to be going over for the next couple of weeks is to help train us and discipline our lives to walk each and every step that we take in this life from the time our feet hit the floor in the morning until the time we lay our head down at night to learn to submit each of those steps to the authority of God and allow God to touch every area of your life through this journey. Because it's only in those moments of full surrender to God that you will find complete freedom. In Romans 12.1, he says that I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. As we went over last week, some versions say, which is your reasonable form of worship. And then he goes down and he says not to be conformed to this world, right? But be you transformed by the renewing of your minds, right? And you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Well, we talk a lot about the transformation of God through God's Word at Freedom Ministries on Sunday night. And now we're going to start getting a little bit deeper. And we've got to backtrack now one verse. And some of us has been meeting for quite some time for a few months together now. And as we start to dig into this, I want you to keep in your mind. And I know that you've got a lot of Scripture that's been memorized and you've been given a lot of handouts of Scriptures in God's Word of your identity in Christ, but also direction that He wants to give us to become godly men and women, mothers and fathers, grandparents, uh, ministers, friends, companions, the community that we're setting godly boundaries, right? That we're building godly relationships. That now you put Romans 12.1 in this list. And at the top of this list of Scripture, that we start learning now of how to become a living sacrifice for God. This is going to be the next step in your Christian walk and maturity in this place in Freedom Ministries of being able to go the distance for the rest, not only for today, but for tomorrow. And as we grow together and more the knowledge of God, and we start walking this thing out together, shoulder by shoulder, side by side, that we have an understanding of what's expected of us of God, for one, of how that the promises of God are received in and through our life, and then we've got to understand the attack of the enemy of how he wants to rob those things from us. Because see, John 10.10, 10, he says that the enemy comes, the thief comes, but to steal, kill, and destroy but I come that you may have life and you may have it more abundantly. Jesus said, John 14, 6, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. So there is a specific way, and Brother Chad hit on that some this morning in his message on the narrow gate. There is only one way 
to freedom. There's only one way to recovery, and His name is Jesus Christ. He is the way. He is the truth, which means He is the reality and He is the life. And we've all got a decision to make each and every day that we get up of whether we're going to submit ourselves to the authority of the noise all around us in our feelings and our emotions, or if we will gravitate back to the truth of God's Word and allow Him to infuse us in such a way by His Holy Spirit to give us, uh, to give us a spine that's able to stand, as Brother Chad was saying this morning, uh, to be a man and woman of faith is going to take a man and woman of God that has a spine that's able to stand. God is not just going to give you the ability to wake up every day and overcome the trials and tribulations of life without you putting some skin in the game. You've got to put something into it. See? And then as you put things into it through the course of this deliverance and as God is delivering you and He's maturing you more and more and the more decisions that you make for your life to put your life into a place under the Lordship of God for Him to direct the steps of your life as relationships are becoming holy, men and women are under the covering of God's marriage. You know, as, as, as they... As God has laid out in His Word of what a relationship with a man and a woman is to look like as we start to move into those things through time. And God is very patient with us. God's very merciful with us as we start learning how to put bondages down, whether it's cigarettes, whether it's tobacco use, whether it's alcohol use, whether it's prescription drug abuse, whatever that it may be, whether it's alternative medications of methadone, subutex, suboxone, things that were that we may be given for a period of time to try to help in this process. And they can be helpful things, but they are not to become the deliverance. And as God brings us out of these things together, and as we start to walk more and more in the truth of God's Word, that we learn and we're able to be accountable to one another. Amen. First accountable to God, we're accountable to one another. That we are walking in the truth of God. And see, it's a dangerous thing to come into the house of God or under the preaching of God's Word because then you are accountable. See, someone that does not know the truth, that's ignorant of the truth, is not held to the accountability of the truth that they do not know. But when it has been delivered and when it has been spoken over your life, there's no more excuse. You're accountable in that moment for what you have received. See? And the covering is gone. There is no more... See, there's a whole... As you start to grow more in the things of God and you're around the church a little more, the age of accountability. I believe that accountability comes when you hear the truth and you know that it is the truth. And when you're called to a place of decision and you make a decision to follow the truth or to turn away, that can come at whatever age. It can come as you're just a little child when you're back there in the Sunday school room or you're near children's ministry and the Word of God descends upon you in a certain way and revelation of God is given to you by the Holy Spirit and you make a choice, that's accountability. Anyone that's sitting under the sound of my voice tonight has heard the truth. Every one of you is in a place, including myself, where we are accountable to the Word of God. 
And the Word of God says, He says, now for this continual growth process, as I am transforming your life into a whole new creation, first for this to work, for this to be right, for you to be able to hold on to these covenant promises that I have in my Word, I need you now to understand that I desire for your life to become a living sacrifice of worship. It's not an option. And so I didn't know worshiping God was not an option. I worship God when I feel like it. That's not what God says. God don't say to make yourself a living sacrifice in a form of worship when it feels good. But see, that's what the enemy wants to do. That's, that's one of the biggest distractions to the body of Christ and why so many men and women go so far and they never receive true freedom of God. Because they never learn how to become a worshiper. They never learn to be able to stand up in the midst of the trials and hardships of life and start applying the truth. Because the only time they can apply the truth is when things are going good. The only time that they can worship, the only time that they want to praise God or do anything for God or even think about or testify for God is when things aren't hard. Well, I don't know about you. I mean, those times in my life are so few and far between, I'd never do nothing for God. That's exactly where He wants it. That's exactly where He wants you. I'd be miserable. Everything in life crushing in, the problems you face at work, the type of chaos that's out there in the world today that we face, not to mention some of us as we're coming out of a lifestyle of addiction or sin, that there's residue from our past life that does bleed into your life today. And it can bleed in for so long and for so many years of of life and time that if you don't learn this now, three years from now in the fight, It's not going to look the same. Because the more tired that you get trying to fight, see, that's why I said there will come a time when your theology of God will fail you. There's going to come a time in each and every one of our lives as we walk this life, and it don't matter how much that you know of the Word, it don't don't matter how much Scripture that you memorize, it it doesn't matter how many recovery messages that you preached, or how much counseling that you've been able to perform for the work of the Lord, there come moments in your life where all of this is going to fade away. And it's going to take something different from you that can only be produced by the power of God, by the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's to lay prostrate before God in humility. And to praise God for His goodness because He is good. And it doesn't matter what it feels like, what things look like, what things sound like all around us. And we lay in that place long enough to take you to the next step. And so many of us become so hard-hearted and we don't even realize it at times until the Lord shows us. And we become so prideful because that's the biggest obstacle of mankind is his own pride. You say, well, I don't feel like that I'm a prideful man or woman. There's many times that I don't feel like that I am either, but I realize that it's so much inside of me because it's part of the flesh. He's like, when my joy starts to dissipate, when my worship starts to drain, he's like, Jeremiah, 
You're trying to control the situation and the outcome again. But God, why has it been so hard for me? Why, God, do you keep allowing these extreme trials to come upon my life where it's so hard to stand, Lord? And we proclaim the Word of God and, we, and we're proclaiming promises and we're calling truth down from heaven. We're singing these worship songs and it seems like that the pressure is still there. And the pressure is there. God allows those things to come to our life because nothing in life happens to us unless it was allowed to go through the hands of God. And I love what Dr. Dale Bronner uh, has always said, and I, I got this wrote down. They said that everything in life is either God sent or God used to a life of a believer. This could be true, Romans 8.28, for all things work together for the good to those who love, those who love God and who are caught according to His purposes, Right? He says, Jeremiah, this pressure comes to you because you're still trying to do it your way. And you refuse to let go to the unknown that something may turn out differently than what you can picture in your mind. And the frustration comes because the prayer usually goes, God, do this or do this. Your word says that you are a healer. Your word says that you want good things for us. Your word says that if we give into the storehouse, that see, He won't open up the windows of heaven and pour down blessings upon us. And sometimes our mind starts to perceive how God does things and what it looks like. And when it don't start lining up to what we've had in our mind, when our recovery don't start to line up to what we preconceived it to be, when relationship with kids, when broken relationships and marriages, when, when issues with the law, when different things of the land don't start to line up to how we perceived it, if we don't learn now how to be able to stand on God's truth in the middle of those things and, then, and to be able to trust God, that for one, we are following God. You see, you can do these things You can say that you trust God all day long and let these things go. But if your life is built on compromise and your life is built outside of the truth of God's Word, then all this release that you're giving to God in here on Sunday night or Sunday morning is for nothing. Might as well just stay home and sit and watch TV and just hang out and listen to rock music because it's not going to produce anything in your life. Because God's saying the whole time, He's saying, look, I need you now that you hear my word, that I've been moving in your life. You can't deny the hand of God moving. And many of us in here tonight have had experiences from God that you cannot deny. Some of us is alive in the house of God tonight by sure miracle. We can forget those things over time and then we say, oh, God... God's not good, all this is going on. Well, man, what about the time when you were sitting in a penitentiary somewhere We didn't even have the opportunity to work or have, or have a job or to do anything? Or what about the times when you're so wrapped up in the legal system you couldn't move from one side to the other because of things from the past and you're hemmed into this place and it seems like that everywhere that you go it's a fight and you're struggling financially, you're struggling emotionally. What about those times that God's brought you through that process? 
Oh, what about times when your health was so far down and you were so strung out and no one would even give you 50 cents and you're walking the streets at Henderson or Evansville, Indiana and, and you, were, you were broken beyond repair. You didn't even have a place to be able to stay and you're sleeping along the sidewalk or up alongside of some abandoned building. Okay, what about where you're at now? You're not in that place. So now tell me God ain't good to give you another breath today, an opportunity. Goodness of God is all around us. It's just if we choose to see it. He says He's revealed Himself to all creation and that to all mankind and that He's done it through His creation. So last week as we started diving into these steps in life and as we started to start peering into just a tiny bit of how that the enemy wants to try to get us off course, we're going to look at that a little bit more tonight as we go. I gave you a handout last week at day three, and we're going to finish that this evening, and then we'll go into, into day four next week. It says in 2 Timothy 3.17 that the word was given to us as we've been speaking about the word and allowing the word to be the authority of our life through the presence of, through the presence of Jesus Christ, that it was given that the man of God may be complete. Thoroughly equipped for every good work. Well, what is the good work that God has equipped and He has prepared for all of us to do? I see, we can look at some of these scriptures sometimes and we can try to get so deep and peer into such deep spiritual things. We're like, well, to do good for, maybe I'm supposed to be a pastor, maybe I'm supposed to be a teacher, maybe I'm supposed to be a, a, a ministry leader in recovery somewhere, maybe I'm supposed to do this or that. No, there is one good work that's universal to the whole body around the world, and that's one thing, to be a worshiper of God. That the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. We can't do the work of God unless we first learn how to be a worshiper of God. Right? So as we started the ministry here at Freedom Ministries, we started with the spiritual toolbox study that everything that we go to, all of these teachings that we're going to be gravitating to is based off from five biblical truths. Forgiveness, uh, obedience, thanksgiving, being thankful men and women of God, godly relationships and godly boundaries. Through these things, see, and through these truths and through our submission to Jesus Christ, as He leads us into a place of worship and He begins to fine-tune our lives through trials, through hardships, because through hardships is how we learn. If it was easy, you'd never be able to learn how to stand. So I look at this the amount of trial and affliction that you're facing right now, I believe directly relates to the amount of life and blessing that God wants to produce. The harder and the, and the, it seems like the more difficult that it is to come out, the more people there are that's to be reached on the other side because it's part of the death process. You can't, uh, as you shoot an arrow, and I know Brother Chad used that this morning as, uh, as an illustration. Some of you weren't here for that this morning. But Jesus Christ, as He become the appropriation for our sin, He was like the arrow in God's quiver in heaven that got pulled back and shot to hit this perfect bullseye in life right, that we could never hit. 
Because sin causes us to miss the mark. We can never be all of who God's called us to be. We can never walk this spiritual compass. We can never truly adjust our minds and our thoughts on the things of God apart from Jesus Christ. Without Him, we can do nothing. Philippians 4.13 So through Jesus Christ, through Him directing and through Him hitting this perfect mark for us, Allows us this unique ability as a child of God to be able to hit things in life that we would never be able to hit and obtain things in and through our lives that we would never be able to obtain if it wasn't for the Lordship of Jesus Christ and the power of His Holy Spirit in and through the earth. And that is, for one, to become an overcomer. So as you are being brought to death through trial and tribulation, it's like this pulling back. The further that a bow is pulled back, the further the arrow can shoot. So the harder your trial is right now, is the further distance God wants to shoot you into life. But see, if you cut off the process, and you stop in the middle of the process, and the bow breaks, or you jump off from the off from the off of the string, how far are you going to go? Straight down. You're never going to go any further than this place right here. Because you come off the instrument. It's like the Lord said, I need you to stay on the string. I need you to allow me and trust me as things are bending, things are being pulled. It is strenuous. That God, through the storm, is going to create something in you if you allow Him. And you submit yourself to the process to do not retaliate. And do not step back off from the things of God. And stand your ground long enough for the blessing of God to come. And you say, well I've been waiting on this blessing my whole life. For this stronghold of financial difficulty and different things. Or health difficulties. You know, you know where the miracle is? Is when you can accept where you are right now. If it never changes. And know who you are in God. And be a blessing for God to the world. And for it to be real, not fake. For it not to be, had to be drummed up and manifested by some external source, but it comes from within because you've been seeking God and you know God and there's a relationship with God that's been formed and in that moment, He's equipping you for every good work. He goes on and He says, Psalm 119.105, The Word is a lamp for my feet. It's a light to my path. So as each and every day we're waking up and we're having to adjust our minds as we... Learned last week about the declination factor on a compass of how it has to be specifically adjusted for true north. That if your compass is not fine-tunedly adjusted for that declination factor, the pool of the world, different places you are on the globe, your compass where you stand is not going to point you to true magnetic north because the pool of the earth changes. So you have to be able to go to a, uh, to a topo map to be able to find what that setting adjustment is. And if it's even one degree, they said if you're one degree off on compass navigation, you can be off a hundred foot a mile, which means in 3,000 miles traveled, you could be off 56 miles from your destination. As we learn, at that point you can't even see, it's not even tangible. 
So the longer we use this as a time progression, because we're not all going some distance, we're going a distance of time. So two years going out of adjustment to God's Word. The things that you're seeking to be blessed by God in, a godly relationship, marriage to a husband or a wife, you want your your children to be blessed, you want your job to be blessed, you want to be blessed. The Lord says, look, you want joy in your life, you want peace in your life. He says, look, the further that you go out of adjustment and kilter as the word descends upon you, and you make decisions to go against my plan instead of for my plan, then what will happen is a year down the road, six months, a year, two years down the road, you find yourself, you've been fighting this battle. You've been doing good. You might not be back in drug and alcohol addiction, but you don't have any of the internal, you don't have any of the character of God, the virtues of God that's been blessed upon you, a joy of peace, of worship, and you're coming to that place just as empty as you was when you was a drug addict. And you will be so destitute, you will collapse in upon yourself. And he says in that moment, He says, you're looking for the spiritual truth. You're trying to hold on to the blessings. You're even praying them down. But they're nowhere in your sight. Because it says, well, a year ago, I was trying to teach you and I was trying to lead you into what it looks like to be a godly man or woman of God and to make decisions to cut certain things off from your life. And you refuse to do it. And now here you are, and then we blame God. There's so many addicts that I've talked to, those in recovery that come back, that don't want anything to do with the house of God anymore because they didn't get out of it what they was told they was going to receive. Because they never learned the process of discipleship, or they never submitted to the process of God. And he says, the word is to be a lamp to your feet, a light on my path. See, so many times... We hear the word, it comes upon us, it's a light. And then we flip-flop it around and we let it shine off our back. You know, you have the light, you've got the word, but it's going the wrong direction. It's facing behind you, you say, well, I'm leading the way for others. And here's, a, here's what can happen in, in discipleship and in ministry work, is when this happens in the life of a minister, when a minister stops following God's plan and being the light, but he still has the Word, he turns it back around. He's not, he's not letting the Word guide him, but he's still trying to lead others, and he's fumbling in the dark. What happens when you're fumbling in the dark and you can't see your way and you come up on this big cavern or this great big place and dention in the earth and there's this cliff, you fall off from it and you die. But what happens to everyone following you? Well, heck, they fall off from it too and they die. You say, well, why is there so much death in the world and why is there so much, why is there not the amount of recovery and all of these programs and court programs and ministries. This is why. It's simple. But we complicate it so much. The Word stops being the light to the path. And even though we may have the Word, we're shining at the wrong direction. We're trying to fumble our way in the dark. And we fall off the cliff and die. And everyone else around us falls off with us. And their families all die too. That's pretty, that's pretty intense. 
I've witnessed it my whole life. Until the truth of God come upon me and the, by the grace of God, he gave me the ability to be able to comprehend the truth. And I learned to submit myself to the truth. And this is a continual process day by day. I can at any moment in time, I can close this book right now, decide, you know what, it ain't worth it anymore. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to go sit on the next bar stool I can find. And I'm going to drown myself into a place of ministry. Matter of fact, i got enough money in the bank. I'm going to go down and find the, the closest drug dealer I can in Evansville and get the biggest pile of stinking cocaine that you've ever seen. I'm going to set up my house and we're just going to party down for weeks on end. In, and I'm done with it, man. Let let him have it. I can make that decision tonight. It don't matter how many years you've been following the Lord. You say, my gosh, he thinks about them things. Sometimes every day. Because it's a struggle. You say, my gosh, there's no, there's no hope in that. It's always going to be a struggle. But the struggle don't have to be as intense as what it was yesterday or 10 years ago. But it's still there. Because I still have a choice to make. Since the moment that we decide that we're going to turn our back and away from God and from Him being the leading factor of our life, then the further we start to go off course of this pool of the world, that declination factor, true north is no longer true north. And we're walking our life one, two, three degrees off course. And then the next thing you know, we hit another block wall. And we wonder, how did we get here again? How did I find myself in this place of depravity once again? And it starts with the first steps. To navigate to familiar places in life that we're used to is ease. Just because I'm in a different state than where I grew up in don't mean that I can't easily navigate myself back to places of bondage. Amen? I can easily navigate myself back to the strip club. I can easily navigate myself back to the dope man. I can easily navigate myself back to the bar stool with ease. But to go someplace new is going to require something different from you. It's going to require that you allow yourself to submit to the guide. You allow yourself to be submitted under direction and under authority. And that's one very difficult thing for mankind to do. Especially when we come to the Lord at latter years in life. We come out of addiction and we're going through recovery in latter years of life because we've done so much, we've experienced so much. And it becomes very difficult for man to put that pride down (coughs) to allow authority to come into their life. And we rebel against the very thing God has sent to save us. Luke 16.10 says, That one who is faithful in very little is also faithful in much. One who is dishonest in little is also dishonest in much. If God gave us things that we were wanting before we were strong enough to maintain them, He'd be doing us a great injustice. But He will not give us what we do not possess the character to handle. Say, if we are faithful in little things, God will give you more. Many of us are asking for great things of God. We come in to ministry, we come into recovery at times, God's moving in our life, and we're asking God to use us in a mighty way. Lord, raise me up as a minister to the world. 
Help me to speak recovery and freedom to people around the globe. May when they come into my close proximity, they feel the anointing of God just break strongholds off in their life. And at times, we can come into those places where we think, that God has all of these plans. We want to do all of these things. Lord, help me, Lord God, that for my marriage, help, help bring a godly man or a wife into my life, Lord God. Help restore relationships with my kids that's been broken. Help me in these court cases, God. Help me in these things that I'm not able to control. And the Lord says, if you are faithful in the small, which means if you are faithful in what you've been given right now, much more can be given. But if you can't be faithful in the now to learn the truth of God's Word, to submit yourself to the authority of God, to become a worshiper of God, don't expect anything else or great to come. He says, and if you're dishonest with me in these small things that I've given you, if you're lying to me right now about the life that you're living, I know. The Lord says, I know he sees the in-depth details of our heart. And he says, if you're dishonest in this, you're going to be dishonest in much if I gave you more. So I can't pour it out upon you because you don't have the stability in you to handle it and to maintain it. He said, how do you get 10 years of sobriety? By being faithful in the small things with God. So many people, they, they ask, and I know as I've looked at other lives, it's 20 years in and in the ministry, men that I have as mentors that I look toward. That's been the resounding answer that I've always got. How have you got to this place? And God has used you and you've never went back. And now I can say the same thing because I've experienced it for long enough, for a decade. And I realize now it's the truth. By being faithful in the small things for God to give you more. It says Matthew 5.37 Let your yes be yes and your no be no. For whatever is more than these is from the evil one. Wishy-washy allows compromise to enter our lives drawing us away from God. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. Anything other than yes or no is from the evil one. Say, well, I'm on the fence. Well, you're in compromise. If you're on the fence, you ain't made a decision on the things that God has revealed to you in the life He desires to pour in your life and through you and for you to believe that Hebrews 11.6, for without faith it is impossible to please God, for he that comes to Him must believe that He is and that He is a rewarder of those that diligently seek Him. And what He wants to pour out upon you, Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the thoughts I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you a future and a hope, right? Amen. we got to believe those things. And He says, I call you to a place of decision. Are you going to believe me for who I am? Yes or no? Do you believe in the power of God? Or is it going to take Him bringing you into a place? Can you believe Him in the trial, the place where you are now to be faithful in the now? Or does He always have to have you in a place of an oasis somewhere, giving you drink, water, food, or you're just indulging all these things? He says, 
I'm calling my people all around the world to make decisions in hard places. Because the next things that's about to be released upon the human mankind, the only ones that's ever going to be able to stand in the test that's about to come and be poured out upon this godless world, you better know who you are. And you need to know who your God is. And you need to know now who you're going to believe the report of. You need to make a decision now that God, I'm going to make you Lord of my home. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And I'm going to stand. You need to make a decision now that no matter how hard it looks that you're going to create your home to be an atmosphere of worship. That you make a decision now with your husband, your wife, your family members, what yourself if you live alone, that you are going to discipline yourself into the truth of God and you are going to honor God by honoring His Word and obedience is going to be poured through your life and you're going to trust God for the more. And as you begin to start to step out into that warfare, God will bless you in the small things. It's not my word, it's the word of God. He said, if you are faithful with what I've given you now, and you learn to be able to, to be a warrior and a weapon of God now in this little thing that you're dealing with that don't seem little to you, God can pour so much more in and through your life, but He has to produce the character of Himself in you through the storm. And what He's looking from the world when He looks upon mankind is He's looking for hearts of worship. He's looking for men and women with spine and backbone that's able to stand. That's standing in the midst of the hell. He's looking down into the penitentiary systems all around the world for men and women that's been touched by God. That's that's a voice for God. He's looking into the homes all around Evansville knowing the hell and the pain that you're in. And he wants to see what the voice is coming back underneath the roof of that home. He says I'm looking for a voice from God. I'm looking for a man or a woman that whose lips, what's coming off of their lips is not cursing but it's praise. And when he hears that sound come from the earth It's so pleasing to his ears. And he opens up the floodgates of heaven to pour out a joy upon your life that the world cannot give or offer you. You can go to any doctor counseling service on the face of the planet and get whatever pill they offer. It will never substitute for the presence of God because that pill will fail you. It will leave you in a place of empty. Because the medication isn't strong enough anymore. Reality's hitting in a different way. The attacks come in a different way. And the numbness starts to wear off. The drugs won't work anymore. The alcohol won't work anymore. The sex won't work anymore. The unholy relationships won't work anymore. And in that moment, that says... How bad do you want to be free? Do you want to be free? And he says, I am freedom. John 8, 31 and 32. Jesus said to the Jews which believed upon him. 
If you continue in my word, you are truly my disciple. And you will know the truth and the truth shall set you free. He is freedom. He will be the one to direct you through the obstacles of this life. And as we spoke last week, and I didn't get to, to finish what I was trying to bring out and forsake a time, and I'd lost my train of thought. But, you know, as we're going through this compass study, we're looking at the Word of God as being our map and our guide to life, which it is. In the physical world out here, as you're really navigating to a destination, a map shows you more than just the destination and the concordance. It will show you the obstacles that you're going to face on the way there. The Word of God is showing you an obstacle tonight of what will hinder you from reaching your destination in God. And it's a place and a mindset that turns itself away from God because of the trial. Do not let the trial and the temporary circumstances of life be your identity. If you allow it to be your identity now, you will never experience the things that God wants to pour out and in and through your life until you come to that place. You say, well, that's not for you to say. No, it's not. It's for God, and God has said it. We learn, we grow. We don't learn and shrink back and expect the blessings of God. We learn and we grow. Trees grow up, not down. So he says, Jeremiah 17, 8, that he relates our lives as being trees that grow up, but this root has dug deep down and it has, it has tapped into this river that's running and it has these branches and its leaves are always green and it will not, it will not stop growing even when the heat comes and it never stops producing fruit because trees grow up. But he says to men and women all around the world, grow up in the things of God. Start to mature in the things of God. Make a decision. Either you're going to grow up or you're going to grow down to the straits. One of two things. And as a child of God, as we, as we walk out from underneath the covering of God, what is so heartbreaking and to watch all around the world is great trees that's been planted that have the potential to become so much more that they forfeit their lives halfway through the process back to the enemy because they never learned to worship. They never learned to become a living sacrifice. And you watch it all around the globe. I've dealt with it in ministry my whole life that I've been in recovery ministry. I've seen and witnessed it. Men that's been used by God in powerful ways. I've served beside men in the ministry that were powerhouses of God with such an anointing of God upon their life. Strongholds were being broken. And because they decided one day that they were going to stop pressing into the things of God and they stopped reading their Bibles, they stopped praying, they stopped worshiping God, that every attack from the pit of hell come up against their life and things become miserable and bleak, they become depressed. And I've watched people that served God for years of their life used around the world go back to dope and brokenness and sitting in a penitentiary today cursing the things of God. That can be either one of us. At any moment, you say you've got to make a choice. Make the right choice. 
toward the only one that can give you life. And when things start hitting you, remember this message tonight. Remember these scriptures. Remember the steps. And allow God to use this simple tool as a compass. I pray that the Holy Spirit brings compasses to all of our minds whenever we're in these places of decision. That we remember the Word of God that's been spoken and preached. Hey! Woo! Enemy, you're not going to get me this way. I feel it coming on. I feel the rage coming through my body. I feel the disheartening coming. I feel the depression setting in. Woo, Lord, you said to submit my life as a living sacrifice holy before you. And not to be conformed to the world, but be transformed. And submit yourself to the power of God and watch God move. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I pray for freedom all over the house of the Lord tonight. And I pray that ministers are raised up in this group, this small group. That's able to go out and be the voice of God. You got compromise in your life tonight and you've been walking with the Lord for a period of time. It's time to lay it down. It's time to make a decision of who you're going to be as a man and as a minister in the community. Amen. It's time. The fine details. He says those who are faithful in the small things will be faithful in much. But we say no. Just like Jeremiah 6.16. He says, stand ye in the ways and see. Ask for the old paths which is the right way and walk therein and you will find rest for your souls. But they said, no, we will not walk therein. He says, I've given you the path. Don't think that your life, as blessed as you are right now, you willingly stiffen your neck to the things of God and say, nope, God, I can't give you everything. I'm holding on to this spot, but you bless me anyway. I'm holding on to this compromise, but you bless my ministry. I'm holding on to this compromise, but you break strongholds. I'm holding on to this compromise, but you bless my family and my marriage, my relationship, my home, me, my kids, my job. And the Lord says, I can't go against my own word, son. You can bind God to His own word. Not just the covenant promises. But He binds us to His truth and to His Son. And He says, I want you to make a decision tonight. And I believe that's what He's calling us to tonight. I believe that there's great growth that's happened all over the house of the Lord tonight in ways, but I believe God wants to do more in some individuals and lives and some believers that's sitting under the sound of my voice. That the Lord's calling you to a place of decision right now to say yes to God. You know some of the things that's part of your life right now is destructive. You know some of the things that your kids are watching you do and putting your body is destructive. And you continue to make the choice each and every day to go against God's Word and God's standard of holiness and to allow your body to be a temple of God that's pure, undefiled with sin, undefiled with contaminants and chemicals and different things that want to take our bodies into a place of compromise. <coughs> There's things that we're pouring into our eyes and into our ears that's hindering us from moving forward into the plans of God. But we come in every week and we praise God and we act like everything's together out here because no one sees it. God sees it. And it's time to get real and transparent if you want to go the next distance.
Amen. I pray God, all of us together, I know there's things in my life God's still bringing me up and out of. And it's my own selfishness at times. You know, my, uh, my mother right now is going through an extreme bout with her health and there's negative reports to the doctor that I won't speak the thing that they say that she has because the report's not been given. You know, and I get these things last Sunday and you're going through things and I come here to preach the word on Sunday night. You know, I went through all week at work dealing with these things and dealing with other family issues and other people and on the job and things that's coming against you. There's always something. But I've made a decision in my life to praise God in the storm. I give you that testimony not to pat myself on the back, but it takes the testimony of God to break the yokes. And it's it's in the presence of God, the anointing of God breaks the yoke of bondage. Don't think you're the only one suffering in the house of the Lord tonight. Don't think you're the only one that gets up and has to and questions God or questions reality at times. And you have to discipline yourself in and the saying start recounting the truth of God. And say, God, no, enemy, I'm not going to believe your report. You're not going to get me into that place of brokenness. God, I will praise the Lord in my house. I will praise the Lord on my job. I will praise the Lord in my work truck. And I don't stray far from those times. He may shake me at times and get me downcast for a moment, but He don't keep me down anymore. I will stand up and I will be a voice of God and I will give God praise. Amen. Woo! we got to make a decision, church. Make it tonight. Carry it into next week. Make it tomorrow. Make it Tuesday. Make it Wednesday. Make it all week long. Watch God move. I've spoke long enough, and I'm going to to close with that. Ryan, um, I don't know if you got a song that maybe you could play that don't have any words to it. But we're going to pray. We're going to have an altar call tonight. And we're going to pray, and you can come up and pray alone, or I'll pray with you. We'll anoint you with oil. We'll bring the elders to the church up to pray for you if you need healing or you're sick, or you've got an issue that you're seeking to come out of in your life. Don't leave this sanctuary tonight without knowing that you know. For one, that you know God. And if you've never come to know the Lord Jesus Christ, your personal Savior, you don't know what that looks like. You've been hearing all this talk all night, but you don't know what it means. We want to make sure that you understand who Jesus Christ is before you leave this place. That He is the Son of God. That He come 2,000 years ago and poured His life out on a cross for you to forgive you of your sin, to bring you into right standing with God. 1 John 1 9 says, If you confess your sins to God, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He says, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. There's no way to the Father, to heaven, but by me. And you make a decision tonight that you want to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. You want to experience His freedom. We want to be able to meet with you for a few moments. That you can have that confidence in this place before you leave. That you know that you know that you're a child of God. And then we want to walk with you one step at a time through your journey of deliverance. 
Those of you that know the Lord, it's come out from underneath God's covering and you've made decisions, you've got compromise in your life, things are coming against you. At times, you know, we had communion this morning, Holy Communion for a worship service. At the end of that passage, Chad was reading, he goes on to say that there's many in you in the body that's sick, not just physical sickness, and not everyone that's sick is in a place of disobedience. Don't take it there because I know there's some in the house of the Lord that's sick. But there is a sickness that goes beyond the physical, and it can be physical, but a spiritual sickness that sets in where you're just going through the routine, man. Passion's gone. Power of God's not there. The joy, the peace of God's not there. And he says it's because of one reason. That you haven't been honest with him. And we haven't taken of communion with him, which is fellowship with him, in the way that he has designed it. And he says, I want to bring you into that right fellowship tonight. And we don't have to have a loaf of bread and a cup of juice to be able to do that. We can take communion right now, so to speak. There is a physical ordinance that the Lord commands for us to do. But we can come in without that tonight. And come into a place of holy communion with the Lord. And watch Him heal you. Watch Him heal your heart first. And then none of the rest is even going to matter. But He may heal your physical body even in the process. But God looks on the inside. Man looks upon the outside. God wants what's here. And when you can give Him this, He's got something to work with. Amen. Just give yourself into the Father's hands tonight and trust Him. Lay it down. And we're going to call it out tonight. We want cigarettes to be laid down. We want tobacco use to be laid down. We want for alcohol use to be laid down. We want for anxiety medication that's taken outside of its parameters and what the doctors has prescribed for it to be laid down and substance abuse to be laid down. We want for pornography to be laid down. The Lord desires for these things to be broken off from our lives. He wants unholy relationships to be made right in Him. Amen. Lay it down tonight. Say yes to God. And watch God move. Thank you, Jesus.